Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to episode 138 of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all learn an Xbox-related fun fact together. The show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please do me a favor, subscribe on your favorite, and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. The big games out last week was the DLC Far Cry 6 Pagan Control and Spelunky 2. The games coming out this week include Nobody Saves the World, Dismantle, RPG Golf Legends, Hatsune Miku Logic Pain S, Windjammers 2, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction, Blackwind, Phantom Batula, Hitman Trilogy, and Gravity Chase. A new huge game is launching into Xbox Game Pass this week, and that is the Hitman Trilogy, with the year two starting later this month, which is their DLC plan for the year. And now, onto last week's biggest news stories, and we have six to cover this week. Number one, Xbox Series X and S becomes fastest selling Microsoft consoles, estimated 12 million shipped. Sean Carey at True Achievements writes, Despite component shortages and supply chain issues, the Xbox Series X and S are Microsoft's fastest selling consoles after 14 months, with estimates suggesting the company has shipped over 12 million consoles. In a wide-ranging interview with the New York Times, Xbox chief Phil Spencer spoke more on the Xbox Series X and S sales and supply issues. Quote, at this point, we sold more of this generation of Xboxes, which is Xbox Series X and S, than any other previous version of Xboxes, end quote, Spencer said. Of course, this shouldn't come as too much of a surprise, but the generation Microsoft launched two models of Xbox console with different specs at two different price points, something the company has not done with previous launches. Spencer didn't share any figures, but the ever-reliable industry analyst Daniel Ahmad estimated that Microsoft has shipped over 12 million consoles since launch and that Microsoft's dual SKU strategy has paid off. Spencer also spoke more on how the current demand for consoles is outpacing supply and how getting more consoles to customers factors into Microsoft's day-to-day work. Quote, when you think about trying to get an Xbox or a new PlayStation right now in the market, they're really hard to find, end quote, Spencer said. Quote, it's not because supply is smaller than it's ever been, supply is actually as big as it's ever been, it's that demand is exceeding the supply for all of us, end quote. It's great to see that the Series X and S have become Microsoft's fastest selling consoles and that they're finally catching up with the debacle generation that was the Xbox One. They're finally able to compete with Sony, although we don't know a one-to-one comparison, it seems that Sony still is outselling the Series X and S, but hopefully not by much. Either way, both companies are doing very well, which is a win for everyone. Number two, Microsoft discontinued the Xbox One line at the end of 2020. Jared Moore at IGN writes, Microsoft quietly discontinued manufacturing all Xbox One consoles at the end of 2020, the company has revealed. As reported by The Verge, Microsoft has stated that it stopped producing Xbox One consoles at the end of 2020 in order to focus its efforts on its new generation of consoles. Quote, the focus on production of Xbox Series X and S, we stopped production for all Xbox One consoles by the end of 2020, end quote, a statement reads. The company announced that it had ceased production on all Xbox One X and digital Xbox One S consoles a few months prior to the launch of the Series X in 2020. However, the latest comments from Microsoft indicate that the publisher also stopped manufacturing the disc version of the Xbox One S only a few months later. It's possible that focusing entirely on the Xbox Series console production has helped ease supply issues for Microsoft amid worldwide parts shortages for electronics. News of the discontinuation comes just shortly after it was reported that Sony is set to produce more PlayStation 4 consoles than initially planned. The company had planned to stop production of the PS4 at the end of 2021, However, ongoing PS5 shortages have seemingly pushed the technology giant to continue manufacturing its latest generation console for a little while longer. I think that was the most interesting part of the story. I mean, it's great to see that Microsoft discontinued the Xbox One. Let's leave that in the history. Let's never remember it. Let's start with the greatness that is the Series X and S generation. 
but that Sony is still producing PS4 consoles. You'd have to imagine that they're also experiencing the shortages like the Series X, but that this would help impact that shortage by producing old generation consoles. Who's even in the market for a PS4 at this point? If you haven't already gotten one, I know there's all the games coming out this year that are both cross-generation, but still, focus on that new new. Number three, Stalker 2 delayed till later this year. Sean Carey at True Achievements writes, Developer GSC Game World has announced that its first-person shooter Stalker 2 has been delayed until later this year and will now launch on December 8th. Stalker 2 was supposed to launch on April 28th, but GSC Game World says it needs more time to get the game up to snuff. In a statement posted on Twitter, the developer has said that the additional seven months of development time, quote, are needed to fulfill our vision and achieve the desired state of the game. Stalker 2 is our biggest project in the history of GSC and requires thorough testing and polishing. We are convinced that development should take as long as necessary, especially in the case of such a project, end quote. This was disappointing. Not that I'm a Stalker fan, I've never played the series, but I thought it looked cool in the last trailer or looked beautiful. I was most intrigued to try this game because this was going to be the first Unreal Engine 5 game, but that doesn't seem to be the case, at least not yet. We'll see what this game can show on December 8th, and we should expect significant delays to a lot of other games this year. Number 4, Halo Infinite Developer 343 Industries is focused on reducing pricing for in-game items. Adam Bankhurst at IGN writes, 343 Industries has confirmed that it's gearing up to make some changes to Halo Infinite's in-game store, including reducing prices, improving bundles, putting individual items outside of certain bundles, and much more. 343's head of design, Jerry Hook, shared the news on Twitter, saying that the team is going to begin implementing these changes on Tuesday, January 18th, and they will continue to monitor and try new things throughout the remainder of Halo Infinite's first multiplayer season. Quote, we've been monitoring the discussions on the shop, bundles, and pricing closely since launch. End quote, Hook wrote, Quote, using data and community feedback, we're going to begin rolling out changes to see how we package and price items in Halo Infinite, and it all starts next week. Starting Tuesday, the shop experience will vary week to week. We are focusing on reducing pricing across the board, providing stronger values in our bundles, starting to put individual items outside of bundles, and more. We will be trying new things throughout the rest of the season so that we can continue to learn and improve for the future. Please keep the feedback coming during the process, and I hope to see you all next week for the Cyber Showdown event. End quote. While Hook didn't go into further detail as to how much these prices will be reduced and what other changes we can expect, we won't have to wait long to see some of them put into action. I thought this was a good story and the argument I've made on the show before, make these a bit cheaper and more people I believe would be inclined to buy them. Hey, it's just a cup of coffee, I'll buy the skin versus $20 for a skin package. It's just too much. Number 5. Looks like PS5, Xbox Series X and S versions of Apex Legends could launch soon. Ed Nightingale at Eurogamer writes, it looks like a next-gen version of Apex Legends could be on the way soon. Both EA and Respawn have confirmed that next-gen versions are in the works, though fans have eagerly been awaiting details. Now a tweet from PlayStation Size which trolls the PSN for updates suggests that a PS5 version could be imminent with a download size of over 80GB. Of course, the game is already available on PS5 through backwards compatibility with the PS4 version, but a native PS5 version is yet to be released, just like main rival Call of Duty Warzone. The news also suggests an Xbox Series X version could be released simultaneously, Games industry analyst Morrow NL3 suggests native versions of both PS5 and Series X and S will have boosted resolution, higher graphic fidelity, and 120fps mode. Crossplay is also expected to arrive sometime later this year so players can compete across all different platforms. Apex Legends was a shot in the can for me. I was obsessed with this game when it first released, got the 1000 easy gamer score, couldn't stop playing every day, and then just immediately fell off. Other games got in the way, but I'd love to see a next-gen version, just like I would for every single game that I'm interested in playing. And number 6, Dying Light 2 will get at least 5 years of post-launch content. Logan Plant at IGN writes, Just a week after Dying Light 2 developer Techland said that the game will take, quote, at least 500 hours, end quote, to fully complete, we're now learning that the game will get at least 5 years of post-launch content, with new stories, areas, in-game events, and more. 
Techland announced its post-launch plans on Twitter, guaranteeing support for years to come. We don't know how much of the update plans will be free content or how much will come in the way of free DLC. However, Techland also supported the original Dying Light with a lot of free content and multiple major paid expansions, so we can likely expect to see the same type of support with the sequel. Last week, Dying Light 2 was in the news for another tweet from the developers where they said the game would take 500 hours of content to complete. That number is later clarified with Techland saying it takes 500 hours to complete absolutely everything the game has to offer, including different story paths, endings, and more. Players just looking to complete the main story and side quests can expect to spend about 70 to 80 hours, while players beneath the main story should only need about 20 hours. After multiple delays, Dying Light 2 is set to come out next month on February 4th. I played about 6 hours of Dying Light 1. It seemed right up my alley, but for some reason I just never finished it. Now I'm intrigued in the sequel, but there's just so many games I'm trying to play right now, so many coming out soon, that I don't know when I'll get to this. Hopefully it comes to Game Pass at some point this year, and I'll get a chance to hop on in. And as always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, but this one is more of an unfun swan song story. Credit to Tom Ivan at VGC. Some online services for Xbox 360 Halo games are ending today. And this was written on January 13th. Some online services for legacy Halo games are set to be disabled today. The Xbox 360 titles impacted by the move are Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST, Halo 4, Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary, Halo Spartan Assault, and Halo Wars. While the games will still be playable, they'll support reduced online services, with features like matchmaking, file sharing, and challenges being switched off. Halo Waypoint has more information on the features that will continue to be supported for each game and an FAQ about the sunsetting process, which confirms the backwards compatible versions of the titles will be affected. Trees Industries initially planned to end various online services for Xbox 360 Halo games in December 2021, but a revised January shutdown date was later announced. This is sad. I had so many fun memories with Halo 3 and my friends back in the day on the 360. Amazing memories, some I'll never get back today, and I just have to live on through nostalgia. But credit to those 360 Halo games, they were something special. Thank you all for listening to the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast service, share with your friends, leave a review, and follow on all social media at Xbox in 10. This past week, I have not really been playing my Xbox, as I've jumped into Ghost of Tsushima on PS5. been really enjoying my time with it. I want to see it through to the end, and then we'll see what my game is next. My name is Brian Rose. You can follow me on Xbox at Rose93. Hope you all have a great week. Stay safe, and keep on gaming.